Hello, welcome into this edition of your favorite football podcast. I'm James. Alongside me tonight is Raceland, and we're going to be talking about the coaching carousel. Um, all nine positions have finally been filled, so we're going to be talking about that and kind of what hires surprised us, what hires were kind of obvious, um, and go from there. But and of course, we got a game Sunday, Raceland. We got Super Bowl Fifty Six between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so we're going to be diving into that as well. But let's start with the coaching carousel. Look, there was nine positions, I mean, eight really positions that started. Um, Sean Payton stepped down, retired from coaching, so there became nine. Um, and it was kind of a slow, dragging along process for all the teams. Um, it took a lot more, lot more time than usual that we're accustomed to to get these jobs filled. So, Raceland, what do you think of the, how the coaching carousel played out this year? Um, there were definitely some surprise hires, um, some hires that I don't want to say they were obvious, but it was obvious that these guys would get a a spot somewhere. Um, the one that surprised me the most was, was Lovey Smith with the Texans. Um, cause we, we, I, I only hear two names and one of them was Brian Flores. And then two days before the Texans announced that they were hiring Levy Smith as their head coach, it, he, he was rumored. And it was just out of nowhere. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize Levy Smith was in Houston as a, as a coordinator for him. So if that tells you anything, the now we're, I, we're not going to talk about the whole situation, but the, the Brian Flores situation in Miami. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a surprise to me that he didn't end up getting a job. I, I, I don't know what he's going to do now. Um, I don't want to say he's blacklisted from NFL teams at this current point because of what's going on. But you take a coach like that who took the Miami Dolphins and did good things with him to fire him and then not have him not have a job. Uh, he, he hasn't even hired as a coordinator anywhere or, or an offensive line, running backs, coach, whatever. He's still with that current job. Now he's been linked to a few um, college coordinator jobs right now, but we'll want we'll to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think the Dolphins made a huge mistake um, getting rid of Brian Flores. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, I mean, yeah, they started off kind of shaky in, in the early parts of the season, but really, I mean, was able to put a strong outing later in the year and really win in quite a bit of games. And then you're talking about a, just a year ago, right, on the doorstep of a playoff berth, winning 10 games. Um, I just don't think they upgraded in that position. Um and I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, I mean, we, we all know, we hear stories, right, of what happened with him and Tua. Um, there's a lot of reports out there. Um, but again, it, it kind of, I mean, race on to me, it kind of felt like Brian Flores did not want Tua anymore. Like, and I don't know, this is all speculation in my opinion, but it kind of felt like Flores don't, doesn't, Tua's the guy. Um, you kind of saw that last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He ended up going back to him. After two struggled, 
even this year. I mean, some reports that, you know, he told Tua to be a better quarterback. I mean, I'm paraphrasing there. But and I don't know if those reports are true. I mean, y'all you know how reports are. I mean, he says it's, it's more, it's right. Take it with a grain of salt, right? Because more, I mean, just the reports out of the coaching carousel this year were kind of suspect at times. So all reports can be suspect at times just because that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a report per sources, right? You hear, I mean, it's just, it could be anything, but at the end of the day, now you have Mike McDaniel right. taking over the Dolphins and I just don't know if he's going to be an upgrade. What if Tua just isn't the guy? Like, what if he's just not? And what if Brian Flores was correct about him? Then what? Then, then you're starting over, and Brian Flores was still able to get some successful games out of Tua. So look, I, I hope he, I hope Brian Flores is not blacklisted from the NFL. I just I I please hope he's not because he's such a great coach. I mean. If, you want to know what a great coach looks like? It's Brian Flores. You know why? Because when things got tough, the team didn't quit on them. They were able to put multiple winning game streaks back to back to back to back to still have a respectable season. It's hard to do that, especially in the NFL. I mean, look how many teams struggle and they just go crashing down. But I don't know. The Lovey Smith hire, I, I, to be fair, if this was the route they were going to go, you should have just stayed with David uh, Coley. Like you're not up. I mean, you're just not upgrading, and I I, I think no. so. Lucky Smith has been the head coach in a really long time. I mean, last time he was a head coach of any football team was when he was at uh, Illinois. Um, you know, putting subpar seasons, different game. But and then you, you hear reports come out today that Lovey Smith is not even hiring a defense coordinator because he's going to call his own defense. So who knows what's going to happen in Houston? Um. Again, I, I understand Lovey Smith has been there. He, I think I believe he took a team to the Super Bowl at one point, but that was a very long time ago. Um, and I just I like I liked what Cully was able to do last year, man, with that Texans organization that everyone thought was going to be the worst in the league, and they were far beyond the worst in the league. Um, I just I, I feel bad for him because I thought he did a great job, and now he's not a head coach, and I don't think he landed anywhere yet so far. I don't believe he has either. Uh, one one guy that didn't get hired, um, his name didn't get brought up a whole lot this year, uh, as opposed to recent uh, off seasons and, and playoffs. And this and at this point um, was Eric Bieniemy. His name wasn't brought up a whole lot this year, and, and potential coaching prospects. Uh, which again, I, I said this last year. It makes me think that either A, he's turning teams down because he doesn't want to leave Kansas City, or B, Kansas City wants to keep him for the long haul so that when Andy Reid decides he wants to retire, they can just make the enemy their head coach. Um, I would hope it's those two options. However, right. he would... But my question is, I wonder what his – how am I going to say this? I wonder how the interview process went for him last year. I mean, you got to remember, Rachel, he was one of the hottest names in the coaching market last year and still didn't land a job. Right. That, I don't know. He, he was a hot name last year, and he his name wasn't hardly brought up at all this year. 
And and I don't know why. I mean, I I, I guess it would make sense to be the coach in waiting, but that never happens in the NFL. So, it never happens. I mean, no, it for, for example, everyone thought the same thing about Josh McDaniels. Why wasn't he brought up? Why he? And look, now he's going to be coaching the Raiders. Look. I get it. Maybe there just wasn't a job that Bienemy wanted bad enough to lead the Kansas City Chiefs. Which can you blame him? I mean, he, he's he's always going to be in the running for a Super Bowl title and still learn under the one of the better one of the better head coaches in the NFL and uh, Andy Reid. So look, if I I'm, I have no problem with Eric Bienemy being selected of where he wants to go next because he has every right to do that. I mean, he's always going to be the hot name once he wants it to be. Um. And plus, what's helping him now more than ever is that he actually called the plays this year. I think the 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 question mark on him last year was, well, he doesn't really call the plays. It's Andrew Reid that calls the plays. And, and I get it. He's still in charge of the game planning. He's still in charge of this. But calling plays in the flow of a game is kind of a big deal because that's a, that's 70% of the work. Well, I would say 50%. Yeah. It's half and half because it's like a chess match, right? You have to be able to – to maneuver when sure. you need to. And Eric Bieniemy proved this year that he was able to do it. So there's no more question marks with Eric Bieniemy. So I hope it's I hope it's either A, he he's the coach in waiting, or B, he's turning teams down in order to be very selective of where he he wants to spend the rest of his career at. Yeah, I, you you could tell that this was the first season that he really called plays for Kansas City. Because they didn't start off real hot. But as the season got on and he got a little bit more into the flow and a little bit more of that mindset for Kansas City, you could tell then that because they started to skyrocket again. It seemed early in the season that the Chiefs weren't going to be this high and mighty team that they had been for the past two years. But once they, once the enemy got his, his, his ground, he's, his, his bearing straight, he he took that team back to where they had been. Yeah, I mean, and and plus, too, that could be figuring it out. Because, I mean, sometimes you have to figure out what the team you have. I mean, every year is different. You might have some of the same faces, but you might be better at certain things each year. Um, and there might be certain ways he wanted to do things other than Andy Reid wanted to do things. So they figured it out, though. Once they got rolling, they were rolling. Um, up until that uh, Cincinnati yeah. game um, in the AFC Championship game. So, I guess, too, I mean, I think there's a – I think Josh McDaniels with the Raiders, I think that's a great hire. You're going to get the best out of Derek Carr. Um, I think Derek yep. Carr is still a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I And I think there's a lot of talent on that team right now, especially on the defense. If you if – you, pluck a couple guys in that lineup, that team might be a serious contender for the AFC West next season. Um, and even and if you want to talk about two years from now, they really can be a contender because that, they're not too far. They're not. They're not. Um, and just the start of the year showed. Um, now, obviously, Gruden was the head coach at the time, and they were looking really strong, and they all went through the whole turmoil of, of his issues and Henry Ruggs issues. Then they started to kind of fault off a little bit, but then they picked it up there towards the back, the back half of the, or I guess the back few games of the season. Mm-hmm. So there, there's not, like you said, there's not a ton of talent there, but there is 
there are some shining lights. So, like you said, just pluck a few guys in, in the offseason and free agency. Uh, I'm not sure how much cap they have available coming up. I, I can't. Uh, it would also depend on Derek Hart's contract, too. Um, and then you have to make the most of this free agency. And then if not this one, definitely the next one. So I'm looking up now how much cap room they got. Ultimately, so, from my perspective, so, what what they would really need to help out the offense is get Derek Carr uh, another offensive receiver or uh, another offensive weapon. So their caps, their over the cap is saying their cap space is about twenty million, twenty and a half million, and Derek Carr would be. His base salary this year, his cap number is just under twenty million. Okay, so he's not making as much as I, I thought he would. He, about what he should be making. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he's about a twenty million dollar quarterback. But the thing now is, he's a top fifteen quarterback. So yeah, he he should be around there. I mean, now though, I mean, you have the quarterback. I think if he's healthy, Josh Jacobs can be your running back. Your offensive line's pretty decent. You got a very good slot receiver in Hunter Renfro. Yes. But you need a number one receiver. Then got that. Yeah. So and, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll, we'll get more into it when uh, when it comes time. But I, I think that uh, the Raiders need to go on uh, receiver first round. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, especially since there's a good four to five receivers that can go in the first round. I mean, there's some decent receivers in the second and third round, too. But, yeah, they have to go get that number one guy because defensively, they're, they're pretty good defensively. They had one of the better defensive lines sure. in, in the league. Um, now, secondary, you could argue, is kind of suspect, but you can fill those holes in the second and third, even the fourth round. Um, and even free agency, we're not even talking about free agency, but the Raiders are in a position where they're not rebuilding or even, but there are they're a team that can be very selective in their process and just pluck in players that fill in needs to make a serious push for that divisional title next year. Because look, the, the Chiefs, they look, they're, they're vulnerable. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, they're vulnerable. The, the Bengals went in there and beat them at Arrowhead. How many times has that happened in Patrick Mahomes' career in the playoffs? Or even any time. So the fact that they were able to do it, they're not the big bad Chiefs like we're used to seeing. For a numerous amount of reasons. Yeah, the Chiefs definitely look beatable this year. Uh, and they started to look a little beatable two years ago, too. Um Who's to say that maybe next year they they don't soften up even more? Eventually, they're going to become, even though Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, they're not going to be able to pay him, Tyreek, all of their defensive studs, uh, and Travis Kelsey. They're not going to be able to pay all of them the money they want. So either they're going to have to take, ideally, what they're making now, or they're going to have to leave to go find money somewhere else. I mean, yeah, I mean, eventually they're going to lose people. I mean, and, and Travis Kelsey's not a young a young buck anymore. And 
He's in his 30s. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Um, and you still have, I mean, Tyreek Hill is a Tyreek Hill. He's going to be good for a very long time. But really, my concern with them is defense. Yeah. Um, uh, they have all these stud athlete guys that they, they showed that just because you have this, this massive team of big names doesn't mean you can always win. doesn't mean you can win 17 games. Because if they don't mesh well together, if they don't gel well with each other, then there's going to be miscommunication. And teams are going to bust off big plays, and they're going to end up losing if you can't get everything in sync. Yeah, I mean, but we'll talk more about that, you know, in the future, especially when we get in the free agency drafts and take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs and what the future looks like for them because, I mean, those contracts are going to be coming up relatively soon. Um, Like I said, I haven't deep-dived into it, but that is definitely a conversation to be had. I'm um, in the off season where we have plenty of time to have those type of conversations. Um, but let's go ahead and move to the stuff that's going to be happening on the field this Sunday race. And look, Super Bowl 56 there at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Um, quite frankly, you have a team that hasn't been there since the 80s. And you have the Rams team who went there not too long ago, but haven't won one since the Kurt Warner days in 2000. So how do you see this playing out? I mean, there's a, a lot of good storylines in this game. Matt Stafford, first Super Bowl, uh, trying to win his first Super Bowl in his whole 13-year career. You got Joe Burrow just in his second year trying to win Cincinnati's first one since, like I said, the 80s. Um, they didn't even win one. They, they just went there, so they're trying to win their first one in a very long time. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, if, if how, I mean, how do you think it's going to play out? I mean – I think it's going to be a very good game. I think it's going to be – I don't want to say it'll be game of the year because it's going to be extremely hard to top that Kansas City and Buffalo game. Um, but it should still be a good game. The, the, the game plan for the Rams coming in needs to be uh, strike quick, strike often. Because if you can strike quick and strike often, Cincinnati's not going to be able to – keep up with you because there are going to be times where Cincinnati has some, some maybe a three and out a few, few plays down to where they end up having to punt later on in the drive. The key for Cincinnati, in my opinion, is the offensive line needs to have their best game ever. Uh, and, and Joe Burrow needs to be able to get the ball out of his hands quick. Because if not, you're going to have Aaron Donald and Von Miller running right at you the entire time. Because, it, let's be honest, that Cincinnati offensive line is not very strong. So, if you're Cincinnati, you need to really game plan around giving Mixon the ball as much as possible. Try and get him to the outside. Let him use his, his, his speed and his uh, athletic ability to... Uh, either juke, spin away from guys, whatever. And Joe Burrow, like I said, quick, quick passes, quick slants. Give the ball to to T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and let them use their athletic ability and speed and and size to to get where they need to. 
this isn't going to be a game where Burrow is going to be able to connect with Jamar Chase for uh, a 30-yard throw downfield and Jamar Chase gets an extra five or ten because you can't stand in the pocket for too long if you're Joe Burrow because you know that that you're going to have two of the best defensive players in the game right now running at you maybe the entire game. Well, I mean, if you look early in the playoffs run, I mean, their divisional round against Tennessee, the Titans had nine sacks on Joe Burrow. Nine. Right. Like, nine. and that's nowhere near what you're going to be seeing this Sunday. I mean, like you said, you point out Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and oh, by the way, they still got some pretty good guys in the secondary and probably the best corner in the league in Jalen Ramsey. So, Jamar Chase, and I, I, I'm saying it now, he's... I don't think Jamar it, I don't think Jamar Chase can win this game for Cincinnati. I just don't. I think it has to I think the guy that if the Bengals win this game, I don't think it's gonna be Joe Burrow we're talking about. And I don't think it's gonna be Jamar Chase. It's gonna be one of those other guys. I mean it's gonna be Uzama, it's gonna be Higgins, it's gonna be Joe Mixon. Because the Rams are gonna do everything in their power in order to try to slow down Jamar Chase. And they and Jalen Ramsey's already said he's pitched to guard him. So if you have Jalen Ramsey going with Jamar Chase, I think Jalen Ramsey's 85, 90% of that time he's going to win that matchup. And on the flip side, you have Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who's going to be, who, trust me, they know, because if we and you know racing, they know how weak that offensive line is for the Bengals. It's pretty weak. It's not, I mean, it's, so they're going to have their ears pinned back and they're going to be trying to crush Burrow all night long. So, and, and another thing, Ray, so Noah has with quick throws, if you have to release the ball quick, you're more prone to interceptions in the game as well. And look, I get it. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. He's playing out of his mind, but it does make you wonder. And I, and trust me, if, it, it just makes you wonder if second-year quarterback going against that team. And yeah. let's all be real here. That Rams offense is nothing to sniff at as well. If the Bengals are going to win this game, their best bet, and I, I you know this, I think their best bet is to try to let the run game develop and try to, and then try to sneak something near. I don't know if you can drop back 30, 40 times on the, I mean, I don't think you can drop back 30 to 40 times and, and, and rely on the passing game to win this one. Just against that secondary, I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't put money on it. That's the best secondary in the league. So, I don't know. I don't, I, and this is a great matchup because it, it does make you wonder. What are the Bengals going to do against the Rams? Because you know they kind of want they. You want this to kind of be a high-scoring affair, because you want Matt Stafford to keep coming on the field. Because we all know Matt Stafford, he's going to make that crucial mistake at some point. Heck, he almost made it last week. So, if you're the Bengals, you want this to be a high-scoring affair because the more times Matt Stafford's on the field and he has to force the ball, your odds go up because you, you can get a pick. It's a very intriguing matchup. Yeah. 
I mean, and plus, we're actually, I'm it excited for the halftime show, too. Yes, definitely. This this will be the first halftime show I watch probably for the first time ever because all the other halftime shows I could care less about. This one is star-studded, and I absolutely love every single one of the performers. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, though. I mean, it's – and that's what's so exciting about this game in particular because not only do you have the matchup on the field that's going to be – you're going to be glued in, right? You're going to be zoned in every play because of the chess match that's going to be played and the talent with Joe Burrow, Chase, Mixon, um, and then the talent with Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, the the star level in this game. I mean, race one, let's be, I mean, last year, I mean, let's all let's be real about it. Last year, the stars were made in the Super Bowl because – that's when Shaq Barrett really became a star. Devin White became a star. Mm-hmm. That's when a lot of those Buccaneers players became stars. This year, those are guys are stars coming into the game. That's what makes it awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess the thing for Joe Burrow also is, especially with the fact that he's going to be chased or quite a bit by Von Miller and Aaron Donald, is he's got to be able to use his his, his legs. He's got to be able to utilize the run. Um, if there's nothing there, he's got great pocket pressure awareness. If if he senses someone coming after him, he's going to take off. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the most agile. But he can pick if he if he runs, he can pick you up a good solid five six yards. Yeah. But that's the so, thing, though, Raceland. But Raceland, and this is what, but this is kind of the, again, this is kind of the interesting scenario, though, is you're very correct. Joe Burrow is incredible in the pocket and able to maneuver and, and run when he needs to. But the problem with this is the team that he's going against not only has a force on the outside with Von Miller, but if you try stepping up, you're going to have a guy named Aaron Donald try to smash you in the ground. So yes. those, those step-ups and those, you know, sliding to the right or left in the pocket, it's going to be kind of a, kind of a, a, a daunting task because you don't know where those guys are going to be coming from. Exactly. Exactly. That's why, obviously, as a quarterback, you got to get up to the line. you got to immediately know – where 99 is at, and you got to know where 58 is. Is Aaron Donald still 58, or he changed his number? Uh, I think he's like 40 something now. You know, did Von Miller change his number, or is he still 58? I thought he did. I thought his number did change. I'm looking up now to get our fat straight. I thought it did too. So when I said yeah. 58, I didn't. That didn't sound right. Number 40. Yep, he wears 40 now. Finally. 40. Huh? 40. 40. Okay, so you for you 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 step up to the line whether it's under center or in the shotgun, you've got to automatically know where 99 is at, you got to know where 40 is at. you got to know where 5 is at, too, which receiver he's covering, because he's not going to cover – they're not going to let him cover DeMar Chase the entire game. He's going to hop around – I'd say 90% of the time he will be on Chase, but he's going to hop between Boyd and T. Higgins as well, especially 
if they start if, if brokens start connecting with them real well. So you got to know where these guys are at at all times, and you've got to have that game plan set in your head. Okay, if he's coming this way, and if if they're coming from either direction, I've got to be able to do this if the pocket breaks down. I've got to be able to do this if they're coming from one side. I've got to be able to do this if only one of them is coming at me. So I think Joe Burrow's smart enough to to know that what he's got ahead of him and what he's going to have in front of him come come Sunday night, he's going to know what to do. And I, I don't know if we're doing predictions for this, but uh, I'm, I'm taking the Bengals. I, I've got enough faith in, in, in Joe Burrow and that offense to keep up with the Rams. Uh, the Rams offense is deadly. Like you said, Matthew Stafford has just been performing uh, out of this world in, in this in this playoff run. <laughs> I'll be honest; I'm still waiting for him to mess up a game and have a Matthew Stafford moment because he has them and he hasn't had one in a minute. So, if he doesn't have a Matthew well, that's Stafford not, well, that's moment, not true. He, I won't be surprised. He he tried to have one last week and the, well, two weeks ago, and the dude dropped it. Good point. I mean, but but to your point, that's the whole thing with Matt Stafford is he's going to have his Matt Stafford moment. But on the flip side, Matt Stafford has done things that Matt Stafford hasn't done in a long time. And that's they have fallen behind late in games. If you look at that, I mean, look at the Tampa Bay game, uh, the opening round. Tampa Bay came roaring back. They needed to go and get in the field goal range. Throws a nice ball. I grant it. Everyone's skeptical of the defensive, of defensive look there. Cover zero, that late in game. What are we doing? But he still got to make that right. throw, and that was a beautiful ball. Okay, yeah. let's go to. Um, well, that wasn't the open round. The open round was. I'm I'm sorry, race from the Arizona game. But then the second round, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Situation I, we just talked about. It was a bye week for them. What are you talking about? That was a bad game. It was a terrible game. But then go. Then you fast forward to the NFC Championship game, and again, he needed to go and make the plays. And yes, he almost made a disaster of a play. And he went, and, and, and the guy dropped the ball. But guess what? He didn't let that affect him. He went down the field and scored. This Matt Stafford, and and Matt Stafford has a confidence. Joe Burrow has a ton of confidence. I ain't saying he doesn't. But the confidence that we're seeing in Matt Stafford, I'm not sure I've seen it in his whole career. Right. Uh, that, you brought up a good point that that they've been playing from behind in 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 the second half of some of these games, and, and they start to struggle there. In the second, they start in the first half, they come out and struggle in the second, and then they start to pick it up. That's where it's going to be a good game because Cincinnati is the exact same way. Cincinnati, yes. they've got to get a feel for their opponent in the first half. They come out in the second half, and that's when they start to take off as the second half especially mid-third mid quarter into the fourth. If they start taking off and you're behind, the Rams are behind, I, I'd say by at least 10, Cincinnati's got a great chance to win because they're just going to keep doing what they do. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. They both went through a lot, a very similar road. And 
if you're a Cincinnati fan, the way that Kansas City Chiefs game ended gives you hope. Because, yes, it was 24-24. to But the fact that when the defense needed to make the biggest play of the game when no one expected them to because deja vu, Chiefs win the coin toss, everyone thought the game was over. Pick. Yep. That gives you hope if you're yep. a Bengals fan. And, dude, don't get me wrong. I think these two teams can fare very well against each other. But the only thing, and this is one of the only things that gives me a pause of choosing the Bengals, is, well, two things. But this is the main one. How is the offensive line going to fare against the Rams' defense? I don't know if any of those yeah, guys can block be- Aaron Donald. And I'm not sure any of those guys can take on Von Miller. And, and, and who on the defense? Go ahead. So, and that's going to be a big thing too, because you can't, you can't double team Aaron Donald and Von Miller. You can double team one, but then you're going to give the other guy the opportunity to do what he does best. And that's get to the quarterback. If I'm Cincinnati, the guy I'm, Mostly leaning on double teaming is Aaron Donald because I, he 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 is more effective in the game not only because as a pass rusher but because he is such a great run block too. Yeah, I mean he he's a he's an all round force. But the thing I do think that the Bengals need to get Joe Mixon going in this game. Like I I just think I agree. You have to get him going. It's, Help your quarterback out. Yes, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. Joe Burrow has shown the confidence. He's shown he can win it in these big games. But this is bigger than any moment he's ever been in his career. I get it. He went to the national championship game in college, but that's not the Super Bowl. This is the grandest stage of them all. This is the game. And I think Joe Burrow can win it. But I think the Bengals need to help him out. That includes the offensive line and getting Joe Mixon going. And they need also need to help Jamar Chase out. Because Raceland, you know how it goes. If they're gonna if they focus on locking down Jamar Chase and Higgins is starting to hurt him, Uz, Uzama starts to hurt him, Mixon starts to hurt him, guess what? Now they have to come off of Chase. They can't double team Chase. And they might have to start floating Ramsey. They have to get the Rams off their their game plan. And in a hurry, I think if the Bengals go out and score and somehow creates a not even a three and out, but forces them to punt and they go up ten nothing, fourteen nothing, man, you, your odds of a Bengals fan just skyrockets because then that's when the Rams have to start stirring around, see what they're going to do, and that's what puts Matthew Stafford in that position to make the, the critical mistake. And that's why I said the Rams can't play from behind, especially, again, going into the second half. Because if, if Cincinnati comes out and lights it up in the first half, they're going to make the adjustments and continue to roll in the second half. Now, Jay, this is just going to be such a great game. Like, I'm just excited it be. for it. Because, it will be. dude, like, I, I don't know what – I'm more curious about how they're going to come out of the game. Like, what is their game plan going to be? You're going to figure out pretty quick in the first drive or two what each team's game plan is for this game. You know, they're yeah. 
Cincinnati's going to need to hit those quick passes. I think they know that. They're going to try to get these quick passes because they made a living off of it. Jamar Chase running a two to three, four yard route turns it in for 60. And I, I, and if you're the, if you're the Bengals, Graceland, you almost have to put in the tape of Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey because he, he was very effective and, and kind of got into Jalen's head a little bit. Maybe they yeah. do some of those things that the Packers like to do because they can very well do that with the quarterback they got in the backfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is that is the best team to probably watch film on, especially when it comes to this game, is the Green Bay Packers. If you can execute, mm-hmm. if you can execute I'd say, a third of what Green Bay did, you've got a great chance at winning if you're Cincinnati. Dude, I, I think they have a great chance of winning now. Like I said, I'm not going to give my prediction um, because if I picked against the Bengals, I'll never hear the end of it from Megan. So I, re- I revert <laughs> to not picking the game. <laughs> but um, I, I just I, I, I just don't – like I said, don't think – I mean, if I had to make a – what gives me pauses for both teams, I already gave you the mind for the picking the Bengals. It's Aaron Donald and how they're going to match up against Cooper Cup and – and slow down to all those stars on that offense. Um, right. And on the flip side, I I don't know what is their plan to Jamar Chase. That guy can definitely win you the game, but I think the Rams are going to try to eliminate that. But how are they going to eliminate that is what I'm curious about. And two, yeah. how are they going to get Joe Burrow off rhythm? Because once Joe Burrow gets on that rhythm, it's over. It's over. Um. Hey. He, he's, got, he's, he's had so many comparisons. It will be. It, it definitely will. He, Joe Burrow has had so many comparisons over the last, what, probably eight weeks to Tom Brady just because of his poise, his composure in the pocket, his knowledge of what's going on. He's cool, calm, collected, cool hand Joe. If he stays in that rhythm, if he stays in that rhythm, you're done. There's, there's absolutely no hope for you. So let me ask you this. I, I keep hearing these things on social media and these other talk shows. Who's under more pressure, Matt Stafford or Burrell? We already know the answer to that, Stafford. You, you, you've been in the league 13 Matthew years. Stafford. Yep. So let me ask you a question that's not so obvious. If Joe Burrow wins this game, where do you rank him among active quarterbacks in the league after two years? After two years, if he wins the Super Bowl, uh, see, that's kind of a tough question because it depends on how they go about this game. If it's all Joe Burrow, I'd put him top five in today's uh, QB class. If if they rely on Nixon more. He's more still of a top seven or eight. If he goes out there and he plays lights out, we're looking at a guy that could potentially be top three. Yeah. And and you could argue number one. And I get it. I mean, everyone's going to come out with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. 
but he went and beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead in the playoffs. Twice. 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 Well, twice. Well, they were in Cincinnati the first game and the Arrowhead the second game. Still, but beat them twice. Right, right, but still beat twice. Twice. Once at home, once on the road. Yes, exactly. And it's not easy to beat Patrick Mahomes once, and Joe Burrow did it twice. And the fact that Burrow took a Bengals team that was for the longest time looking for an identity because they had to move on for Andy Dalton, and they they were in the Andy, Andy Dalton era, looked stagnant, went from stagnant to yeah. bad. Now they're good, and now they're in the doorstep of a championship. Yes. So, so – We, we we talked about who needs it more. Obviously, Stafford needs it more than Burrow. But you look at the, the flip side of the coin of, I don't want to say who deserves it more, but who's got more to lose. And I think, in, in my opinion, well, in my opinion, none of these teams do. Because the Rams have the potential to be back again next year. Hear me out. Hear me out. I see your face. Hear me out. The Rams have the potential to be back next year because this team is so good. The Bengals do too. Here's the kicker. The Bengals were poised to be last in the AFC North at the, at the beginning of the season. The Rams were poised to be number one in the NFC West and possible number one in NFC entirely. So I think the Bengals and the Rams – I don't think either of them have more to lose. Now, you could argue the Rams, and I, I would see why. Because, obviously, Matthew Stafford, 13 seasons. Um, Aaron Donald, in my opinion, deserves a ring. Um, I don't want him to get one, obviously, because of the rivalry. But um, Von Miller, he has a ring. He's looking for a second. Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league, deserves a ring. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, out of everyone, deserves a ring more because of the time he's put into the NFL. The, the bad teams, even with Megatron, they still weren't great. The teams that he has been on, they, and they weren't good. Matthew Stafford deserves a ring more than anybody. But I think the Bengals want it more. Well, I'm not going to say he wants it more. I think both teams want it more. I think both teams want it. But the reason I say that the Rams have the most to lose is because of this. They gave up the future for the now. And if they can't win it now, they're damn sure not winning it later. Because they gave away – they won't be picking in the first round for a lot of years. They haven't picked in the first round in already a lot of okay, years. Okay, yeah. Still, I, and, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I, and, I and, I and Odell Beckham's a free agent. I think Von Miller's a yep. free agent. Matt Stafford's oh, not getting any younger. They, dude, if they don't win it now, they might never win it. At least not in our lifetime. Uh, I don't know about lifetime, but definitely not. Well, I want to say never, like 10 to 15 years. <laughs> they're, they're in a complete rebuild. With nothing to rebuild Once on. Stafford is gone, yes. Once Stafford is gone, yes. I think if, I mean, even if, well, what, what if Odell doesn't want to come back? What if, what if um, Von Miller decides to go somewhere else? What, what, I mean, they have so many key guys that could walk, 
And by the way, you don't have a first round pick for the next so many years. And your salary cap, what's the salary cap situation over there? Let me look. But, so yeah, I mean, it hit great, but you, you brought up Odell. Um, he made his decision before this happened, but he's obviously going to see his, his number of targets decrease come next season because obviously you have the Triple Crown King and Cooper Cup, and you'll have Robert Woods returning. So he's going to see his target numbers decrease. Again, he made his decision before Robert Woods got hurt. But I don't know because he's going to, if, if the Rams win and he plays well, he's going to want money. And so what's your salary cap look like? So their salary cap is $17 million in the red. About okay, seven, so they're not 13 to 17. They're in the red. 13 and $17 million in the red. So they're not going to be able to pay Odell what he wants, especially if they win this year, if they win this year and he plays well. He's not going to be able to get paid. No, so he's I, going to have to move on. But this is what I'm saying. This is why when you said that no teams have nothing, you don't think either team has the most to lose. That's why I gave you that face because the Rams, dude. We always talked about when they I, made the move for Matthew Stafford. And they made and and you see what they did acquiring Odell and getting Von Miller, trade away more picks for Von Miller. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it, you're going to be looking at this as a complete failure. As a okay, we mortgage the future for what? I say yeah, I, I completely forgot that they pretty much threw away their next ten to fifteen years. Uh, by giving away draft picks for older guys, so yeah, I, yeah, I again, I completely forgot about that. So I, I will agree with you. I changed my mind. Um, obviously, the Rams have more to lose. Yeah, because but here, but here's the thing that people, if you're a Bengals fan, if, if you're you're not going to want to hear this, but everyone's saying that Joe Burrow is going to be back. Joe Burrow is going to be back, and I think he will be back. And I think, and I want him to be back because this is good for the game of football. However. We all, I mean, back in the eighties, they, everyone, everyone following the name yes. of Dan Marino thought the same thing. So there's no guarantee. So you would like to win this one because there's no guarantees in the NFL. But man, if you look at the AFC side on, with quarterbacks, dude, we're living, we might be living in the greatest generation of quarterbacks in the AFC's history. And that's saying something considering you had Brady and Manning in the same one. But now you have, you have a Burrow. Allen, Mahomes, Jackson. Um, if Trevor Lawrence, if the Jags can help Trevor Lawrence out, you'll have Trevor Lawrence. There is a numerous amount of guys that have either made a stardom already or have potential to be a star in the AFC side. And we are in for a, an exciting 10 years in, at, with quarterbacks in the future. Oh, absolutely. There are guys you hadn't even named that are still top tier quarterbacks. You got Justin Herbert, Derek yeah. Carr's got his name up there. He's not elite, but he's a great quarterback. Um, if the Bears can figure out Justin Fields, Justin Fields could end up being a hot commodity. In the well, NFL that's NFC. It's NFC. I, I, I was specifically oh, yeah. AFC. I, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I split it up 50 50, uh, did the wrong one. Um, yes, but still, 
this. I'm trying to think of Mac Jones. Mac Jones could end up being a hot commodity at some point. He proved this year that he's he's going to be at least a good quarterback. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's going to be exciting, and this Sunday is going to be exciting. Um, so, I mean, let's go to final thoughts. I mean, we pretty much gave our, our opinion on the game. Um, what else is out there in the in the world of football that you want to give your final thought on for the episode? Uh, final thought for the episode. Um, I want to talk about Kyler Murray for a minute and the whole scrubbing of social media. Um, he unfollowed the Cardinals organization. Um, he pretty much wiped his Instagram clean. He only has, last I looked, two pictures. Uh, one of just him and C.D. Lamb, and then one of him, uh, I believe it's him with Heisman. Um, I think it's being blown out, out of proportion. People saying this and thinking, oh, is Kyler Murray leaving? Is he, is he trying to get traded? Is he unhappy with the organization because of, of what's happened in the back after the past two seasons? Um, it's people tend to overlook things, and I think this is one of them. He, uh, the the thing that gets overlooked with all of this is he also, um, he unfollowed a lot of accounts, uh, and, and Instagram users. He deleted more than just Arizona stuff from his Instagram. He deleted pictures of his family. Does this mean he doesn't love his family anymore? <laughs> it's, it's, it's overblown. He may not be happy with what the organization is doing and, and what's going on. Uh, and it, 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 it could just be the fact that he's just scrubbing it to, to wipe it clean and get ready for next season. I think it's all being blown up for him. And I... Um, I... I agree with you 100%. I mean, it kind of happened on a slow news day, too. Uh, so, coincidentally, it I did. It up. It did. Um, I just, I'm with you. I mean, maybe he's just scrubbing the year clean and starting new fresh. Because, I mean, what, what, how can he not be happy with the organization? Like, they, they're drafting well. They brought in decent weapons for him. I mean, they went to the playoffs. I mean, they're improving. Like, it'd be silly for him to want to go somewhere, especially with two years left on his contract. So I agree with you. I think it's kind of a silly situation, but we'll have to see how it unfolds as the story prevails. And, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, and I'm not saying it's the only reason because it's not obviously not the only reason, but a big key in why they started to flop in the back half towards the, towards the end of the season and even in, in that, that wild card game against the Rams is because you don't have your best weapon in, in DeAndre Hopkins out there because he was hurt. Yeah, and once he got hurt, once the injuries started piling up, that's when the Cardinals season started to go downhill. So it'll be, I mean, like I said, I, I agree with you. This is a silly story, but I guess it is a story nonetheless because, well, we're all talking about it. But, uh, um, but this will not be a story next week because we're going to be talking all the Super Bowl and the NFL honors and the Hall of Fame. Hopefully Tony Buscelli gets in, but that's neither here or there. Um, but until then, I am James, and that was Rayson. We'll see you here next time on your favorite football podcast.